Welcome to Lions on the Mic. I'm John Newton. In this series, I interview some of the best broadcasters among Emerson College students and alumni. On this episode, I spoke to award-winning sports commentator and esports analyst Olin Hayes. We talk about why he chose Emerson, what made him want to become a broadcaster, what his future holds, and what the next wave of broadcast hopefuls should do to perfect their craft. I'm joined by sports and esports commentator and analyst Olin Hayes. How you doing, Olin? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you. Olin, first question. As a broadcaster, what made you choose Emerson? So when I was looking around at colleges, I was mostly looking at places that had good uh, broadcasting programs and specifically places that focused on sports casting or gave you the option to do so. And that really limited my search down to just a couple of places, Emerson being one of them. Because uh, there's plenty of colleges around here with good broadcasting programs or good journalism programs. But um, outside of Emerson, very few places really offer something for sportscasters. Uh, whereas here, they were advertising a sports communications minor that they were making into a major. Uh, I'm only minoring in it, but I've been focusing on it throughout my journalism classes as well. Uh, and really, when in the college search, that sort of limited it down to Syracuse or Emerson as far as places with good journalism programs that also allowed you to focus on sports. And I, I really liked what I saw when I came to visit Emerson. So you liked what you saw. You ended up deciding on becoming a Lion. What happened when you got to campus in fall 2015? That was a good time. It was, it was wild for me to move to college. Um, and I'm an only child. I grew up in New York. I never went to sleepaway camp. You know, the culture shock was big. Uh, but aside from that, like, I really hit the ground running, I think, when I got here. Immediately got involved with commentating for the sports teams. I was commentating soccer within the first month or so that I was here. Uh, I think that was the first sport I did, but I started with like really all the teams freshman year. Uh, and it was something I did in high school. I commentated my uh, my team's basketball, my school's basketball games in high school, uh, my senior year. And so that was really a good starting point. And when I got here, I was ready to go. Uh, and I got right into it. And Emerson, uh, Emerson Channel was great for that. Like they were, they were really excited to have new people and they, they didn't really make you wait in line. They were like, right, let's give everyone opportunities. Let's see who's good and who wants to do it the most. What made you want to become a sports broadcaster in the first place? Well, I love sports. And I think once I realized I was not going to be a, a catcher in Major League Baseball, my next thought was, let me talk about sports. Um, so that's, that's the short version. <laughs> that's pretty much the, uh, the story behind it. But I've, you know, I've, I've always loved sports and I've always loved analyzing sports. I love the numbers side, I'm big on sabermetrics and all that. I'm always really interested in finding all of the details and analyzing them as much as I can. And since that's something I do anyway, and there, there's a way to do it professionally, I figured, why not? Why not give it a shot? You're also a huge presence in the New England esports commentators world. How'd you get into that? Dude, it's, it's crazy to me still. If you had told me, you know, when I was a little kid, that when I got to college, I would get to play in and commentate for video game tournaments and make new friends through that and like potentially get jobs through that. I would I would not have believed you. That's that's way too good. That can't be possible. Um, so the way that happened, actually, my freshman year, um, I I played a lot of Super Smash Bros just in my free time. One day I looked up tournaments, like Super Smash Bros tournaments, Boston area, found one at, at the church next to the state house, started going to it. And start, you know, started playing more and more, and there, there's a stream there with commentators. And one day I asked, I asked some people, how do I get involved with commentary? Do I just sit down and start talking? And they said, yes. So I did. 
Um, and at, at the local level, it's very easy to get involved. And just anytime you see an opening, you just go sit down and start talking. And if you're good, they'll ask you to do it at bigger events. And so slowly over time through just commentating the smaller weekly tournaments in both New England and New York, I got to be better and better known as a commentator. And then when I asked to commentate bigger events, I've gotten it so far. I've commentated at Nationals uh, at, uh, at Shine, which is a worldwide event. Uh, all the top players in the world are there. And I've commentated at Shine the last two years. And I've commentated every major regional event in New England for the last year or so. So yeah, that all came from just on a whim, deciding to start going to Smash Bros. tournaments. And three years later, here we are. I'm not only one of the better players in the state, but I've been commentating for a long time. You've started to become a dominant presence regionally for both sports and esports. You started out at Emerson College and you rose through the ranks. Now you're doing bigger and better things. Sometimes you've been getting paid to do it. How has Emerson helped set you up for success? Uh, it's, Emerson's been really great for that and specifically working with ECS, uh, Emerson Channel Sports. Uh, it's It's been a great place to start. Um, they don't pay broadcasters, which is unfortunate, but... Uh, it's it's great experience and it's great experience with all different sports uh, and it gives me the ability to you know if someone asks like what do you know about about lacrosse what do you know about soccer I'm like I, I am completely comfortable on any of these sports and I can always jump right in and start and hit the ground running and I've even gotten a couple of jobs directly through ECS at other schools in the area and at other you know other locations nearby uh, and that so it, it's been great both in terms of the connections that I'm able to get um, which has been true in esports just as much as it has in sports through Emerson, and it's been it's been it set me up for multiple opportunities of different kinds, as well as giving me not as much preparing me directly as giving me the opportunity to prepare myself, and I think that's what I really appreciate about it, is that Emerson does what they can to help you, but there's only so much that they can teach you in a classroom about how to commentate an event or how to you know how to be a broadcaster. And you really have to learn a lot of that on your own. But Emerson does a fantastic job of giving you the opportunity to do that and formatting things so that the people who really want it and the people who are willing to put in the time and effort are going to rise to the top. Absolutely. Emerson is a very hands-on institution, but it's also a prime example of you get out what you put in. And you've certainly put in more work than almost any broadcaster at Emerson and maybe even New England for both sports and esports, and you're actually an Evy winning broadcaster. Can you talk about what that experience was like? Uh, that was that was really exciting. Uh, the Evy Awards are first of all a fantastic show. I was I was blown away because I've never been before and I'd honestly never watched them before. Um, I just watched little clips of you know anything like some of my friends had been involved somehow, but being at the Evies was a spectacular event and a really exciting time um it was nominated alongside like three very close friends of mine for an award because there's not that many of us at emerson who do sports we all know each other so um it was just really exciting to be there and to to win that award and be involved in such a, a great show um but you know the like I, I won it for my play-by-play broadcasting the the broadcast that was submitted was a basketball game from last season um, whereas a lot of the, I think a lot of the other submissions were talk shows, uh, which I do. I mean, I've been on talk shows at Emerson, but the main thing that I focus on is play by play. And that's, I think what I'm best at and what I care the most about. Um, so that was, that was what was submitted for my Evie award last year. 
it was it was a women's basketball game which is a team that i've been commentating for since i got here and it's been just more and more exciting every year Twenty fifteen to now, you've learned a lot. You've had plenty of experiences, but when you first started out, you did know every sports broadcaster because there was no sports communication program yet. With the evolution of that program, you've taken some of the classes, you've even minored in sports communication. You've gotten to work with some of the professors. Sports is they're they're growing at Emerson. There's no doubt that sports are on the rise. You you cannot ignore Emerson College if you're prospective college student was looking for sports communication schools. What have you seen in this transformation at Emerson with the rise of the sports comm program? Uh, so to me, it's been, it's been really great to have this as an option. And it was of course, one of the main reasons I came here, as I mentioned, was this was advertised as a new program, but a program they were really going to focus on. And especially once I got here, uh, they had, there were no news stories about esports yet related to Emerson. But as soon as I got here and all of a sudden there's an esports class a couple years later, uh, that combined with the focus on Sportscom has been really, really cool for me. Um, and it, you know, between the classes uh, that are specifically focused on sports, you know, sports reporting classes, sports communication classes, all those things, you learn a lot of the basics really well. Uh, but a lot of those are, again, like, like, it's really the more involved you are and the more interested you are, the more you'll get out of those kind of things. Because you can... You can focus on passing the classes just as classes in the classroom and you'll be able to and you'll be able to learn whatever you want. But if you really get involved in the sports specific things, that's where I think you get the most out of this program. And that's what I've been able to get a lot from is really getting involved in the the things that are directly related to what you want to do. And I think the esports class with Kevin Mitchell has been a, a prime example of that. I took both of those, both of the classes that are offered for that. And um, I know a lot of other people, a lot of my friends have as well. And it's been, that, that is really, I think, one of the classes where you get out what you put in to an extreme degree. Um, and you, you see people who are just there because they're moderately interested and they don't think it'll be too difficult. And it probably isn't if you're, if you're not heavily involved. But there is, you, there is so much to get out of the connections that you can get from that, the experience you can get from planning firsthand, like experience planning events and putting on events that are much bigger than what you would put on on your own. Uh, you know, working with a class like that, working with groups that you work with in that kind of an environment, you get a lot of firsthand experience doing uh, some of the hardest parts of the industry, really. And I think uh, that, you know, the esports classes specifically are great examples of that. But to a similar, uh, in a similar vein, a lot of the sports-focused classes are like that as well at Emerson, where you really get a lot of a lot of time to do what you want to do and to learn from experience how to get better at what you want to do. Esports is exploding. It's a multi-billion dollar industry worldwide. It's a very competitive, tough industry to be in and there's no doubt. But the same can be said for sports play-by-play and color commentary. What would you say to a young man or young lady that is in your shoes from 2014 and prior that wants to do what you're doing right now? I think get started as soon as you can. I think that's really important, especially for esports. Because I think one of the funny things about if you look at esports and sports like commentary as one thing, there's a lot of similarities and there's a surprising amount of differences in strange ways you wouldn't expect. A lot of the basics are very similar. 
you know, the things I've commentated most are smash versus like soccer or lacrosse or basketball, whatever sport, uh, the basics pretty similar. You learn the rules of the sport or you learn the details of the game and you analyze things based on your knowledge of it and what you see going on at the time. So there's a certain degree of skill that comes with repetition. You know, when I was, when I was just starting off commentating basketball, cause that was the only sport I did for a while in high school. Uh, I, I comment, I, I would watch college basketball games or watch NBA basketball games and commentate and I would have the stats up and I'd find what system worked for me. And I would, I would go through and commentate by myself in my room and to practice. I think, and early on, I rewatched every minute of every game from every game I commentated. I don't do that anymore. I don't really see the need to anymore because I'm, I'm going to rewatch my own broadcast and think, and think, yes, that's how you broadcast a game. That's how I would broadcast the game. If I could do it again, I might hear like, oh, I said that word wrong. That's okay. I'm not concerned. Uh, but I think, uh, especially when you're starting off, try out different systems, try out, uh, try things out on your own, or if you can at your school, at whatever place you can, uh, if you're interested in esports, then get involved in your local scene. However, they don't really care how old you are. <laughs> you can, you can be involved for sure. But, uh, I think the big thing is get started as soon as you can and find systems that work for you. Uh, for basketball specifically, I used to go into every game with stats hand copied out for every player on both teams, every detail I could find for every roster. And my notes now, I sometimes I don't even take them and I just pull everything up online when I get there. That's a system that's worked for me as I have a specific way I set things up on my computer when I'm at a game so that I have all of the stats and all of the relevant information in a certain order in a way that I know where all of it is. Um, I've seen people who hand copy out all their notes still, who want to have everything written, who like the process of writing it down. And there's no one thing that I will say, this is the correct way to prepare for a game. You just have to be prepared for the game. <laughs> so if, if someone is interested in getting involved in sports commentary and esports commentary, get started early, be ready for any opportunity you may get, and prepare so that you are as good as you can be before you start looking for opportunities. Because I, I, I didn't have a whole lot of trouble finding chances to get started. I was very lucky to have my high school athletic director just ask me to do it, which was fantastic. But in college, once I got here, it was, it was all pretty simple. You, you sign up with ECS and you start calling games. So you know if, if you go to a school like Emerson, which I think is a good choice for anyone who's trying to do what I do, uh, get involved, make sure you're on talk shows and on play-by-play, -play, things like just be involved in both sides um, and just really try out different ways of preparing, different ways of going about the process and just make sure you're prepared for, for every game and for everything you do. What does being a broadcaster mean to you? To have a voice that people listen to, you have the power to tell stories, you have the power to describe what's happening in front of you to someone that might not be able to see it or be there in person. You're basically an incredible vessel for everyone watching, whether it's sports, esports, or anything. You, right. are, you are the storyteller. What does that mean to you? So I think my perspective on this has always been focused on the story itself. And I think that's why I get so much joy out of specifically sports or esports compared to everything else, because that's what I'm most interested in. Those are my favorite things. And 
so to me, I am, as you said, the storyteller, because I'm interested in the story and I want everyone to be as excited about the story as I am. So to me, being a broadcaster doesn't mean much in and of itself without the context of what I'm broadcasting. And that's something that's very important to me. And I don't honestly know if this is how other people think of it or not. But to me, it's extremely important that I am telling a story I care about and I want everyone else to understand why it's important. So there are times where that's hard. I commentated the lacrosse game last year where Emerson lost 23 to one. That was not an exciting story. No one was excited to hear that story get told. My mission is to make any individual interactions seem more interesting. And I'm just there to be a pleasant voice for anyone who's watching at that point. And it's not the most exciting thing, obviously. But but you take from that what you can and you make you make it as exciting as you can. But, you know, when when a game is a thriller, when a game goes into overtime, I'm excited. I am so excited to see what's going on. Uh, I commentated a game for the UMass Boston soccer team recently. I had very little inclination one way or the other. I'm not biased. I don't go there. I don't go to either of the schools. Um, you know, I'm in a booth full of people who are clearly rooting for the home team. So I'm going along with that energy, but I'm less, you know, I'm generally very unbiased and I'm even less biased than usual in this instance, since it's not my school. The game went into overtime. It was an incredible game. It was so exciting. And it was so exciting for me to be able to tell that story and share that story as it's happening, share the excitement and, you know, tell why everything is so interesting because people watching, they know the game's exciting. They're watching it too. So you don't just have to say like, this is great. These teams are really close. You know, you, you go beyond that and your voice and your perspective on things makes the game more engaging. So I guess that's a very long answer to that question. I'm, you know, going off on tangents there, but it's all, it's all related to the same basic topic. Being a broadcaster and a storyteller to me means that my focus is on the story rather than on myself. And when I'm doing a great job as a broadcaster, people might, when asked about it, th- say, oh yeah, the broadcaster was good, but I want them to see, oh, what a great game, what an exciting story, you know, something along those lines. And that's really the key to me of being a broadcaster is when it's you can do a great job and you may get recognized if you do well enough but it's more so that people will be excited about what they saw and what they experienced alongside your voice and your telling of what's happening what's next for Olin Hayes that's a really good question <laughs> uh we'll, we'll find out I'm, I'm still here for another few months uh, you guys aren't done with me yet at Emerson um but yeah, I'm not I'm not entirely sure. I'm excited to to go forward with what I know, with what I've experienced. And I have, you know, enough connections that I'm doing my best to get involved anywhere I can in, you know, in the area or with anyone I know who might be able to help me find what I want to do next. But I'm excited to stay involved in this world, you know, to be to be a broadcaster whether it's in sports or esports. And whether I can just continue, you know, the basic kind of thing that I'm doing once I'm done with college. Um, I have not put extensive thought into exactly what I'm doing, but I feel like I'm prepared for it, if that makes sense. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to add about sports, about esports, about your Emerson experience? Any last words of wisdom? Let's see. My job is to have words of wisdom. I guess I should. Uh, <laughs> Um, 
don't know. It's it's hard for me to pin down you know one specific thing that's been important, but the entire experience here has been so great uh, in terms of specifically what I want to do and how I want to do it. Um, you know, to me, when I when I came to college, I I barely could have def- I could barely define the word esports. Uh, it's it's been so cool to me to get involved in the scene and immediately have so much so many resources and so much of a crowd at this school and in this community who were with me and who were excited to start on these projects and on these journeys with me um and sports on the other hand is very traditional and I, th- I think that's the biggest difference between sports and esports in terms of broadcasting or just in terms of running you know anything related to them sports is such an old-timey thing you know, anytime there's a slight rule change, everyone's like, oh, change. Oh, no. Meanwhile, the new Smash Bros. game comes out in a couple of weeks, and we're all going to drop this one move right on. <laughs> and it's it's so completely different in the way that the worlds work. And to me, it's been wild experiencing both of those in my time here. And I've, I thoroughly enjoy both sides of what is really a very similar two industries um, that can even be combined into one oftentimes. But I think Emerson has been has been a great place for me to, you know, develop the skills that I had, gain a couple of new ones as well along with them, and really just experience as many things as I could in the specific fields I was interested in. And that's what that's what's been so important about Emerson to me is there are plenty of great schools and there are plenty of schools that are, you know, high levels academically or high levels in terms of a specific thing. But Emerson has been so good at um at giving me the opportunity to experience the things I want to experience and the things I care about the most. Well, Owen, thank you for joining us. If people listening want to follow you on social media or see some of your work, where can they find that? Uh, so, I, I am on Twitter at purplehaze37. That's Hayes spelled H-A-Y-E-S, like my last name. Uh, yeah, purplehaze37 on Twitter. Um I'm on Facebook, Olin Hayes, and I'll, I'll generally post about events that I'm broadcasting there. Uh, Twitter is a lot about video games. Fair warning, that's <laughs> the majority of that. But yeah, anything I'm anything I'm broadcasting, I'll I'll usually post about as well. Um, and yeah, I'm on a lot of stuff at the Emerson Channel as well. So there's a lot of stuff on that on that page. Olin Hayes, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Here's a sample of Olin's commentary. These selections are from live Super Smash Brothers games played in New England and New York. Enjoy. I'm Zyvon here with Captain Q. We're here at set one of Grand Finals, the last Smash on the Hill ever. Yeah, I mean, he lost the Zero Suit Rob matchup and now is zero to death again with Falcon. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, my God. No way. No way, there's the what reset a legend. for you, people. Souls looking for blood Goes here. for the dash attack and, and reads the roll. Wow, what a set by Sone right there. Wow. Two O's Ralphie really quickly in iCloud. And game two was close. Game one, not even. Yep, just great display of just outplaying your opponent in the neutral. Reading. That right there was the key. Yeah. You got that back here. Even though you missed this edge guard, Ralphie really never got his momentum back. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's a specific way to throw it. Uh, where it will just sit on the ground. Really useful in matchups like Samus, where it'll block charge shot and stuff like that. Right. Uh, but useful against Pika too. It'll block Thunder Jolts. Uh, and Pika has the speed to approach Link, but at the same time, it's hard to weave through all these projectiles. Uh, Unless Pika, you get hit by your own bomb, then this yeah. starts. 
Yeah, this is all off of one mistake there by T-Sage. Takes 40%. Wow, oh. even game now. But still really good situation for Waldo right now. Ow. <laughs> that hurts so much. I That's painful. That. It's one of those you just feel in your soul. Up throw fair? Yep. No, I said, oh, there it is. Nice. Even with max rage, that connects. He has all these tricks where he'll, he'll jump off, catch catch the bomb off shield, and throw it down. And you, you see it coming, but it's very, very difficult to actually do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And right here, we're seeing Splash kind of struggle with that. And he's, he's shielding the bomb most of the time. But even so, he's not really getting anything off of it or not punishing landings. Right. Because it's. Yeah, that's, has so many mix ups. Wow. I mean, he just did it. I like the way that Numbers turned away to charge Sun a few seconds ago there, and he sort of baited Angel into a false sense of security. And There's the shield break! And that's going to be the match. He's going to go for the deep breathing, he's going to go for the F smash, and, and he is dead. And that's it! What a finish for John Numbers right there. He shrugs it off, dude. <laughs> and that's going to do it. That was last hit, game three. We were just talking about the shield break and the matchup knowledge from Angel. He wanted it so He misses bad, it that dude. time, and Numbers gets the side B shield break. The side B, uh, the, both the header and the ball do damage. Okay. We're down to a minute and a half left on the clock here. Time certainly a factor between these two since Pac-Man definitely has a lot of trouble killing and Mega Man has a lot of trouble getting in in the first place. Oh, bell set up into! Oh, he mistimed that. He did get the bell hit, but it was a little late. Uh, King Art got up a little later, oh, but the Hydrant! Bell set up. All right, so close to a five-minute game one, but pretty active the whole time. Come on, yeah, Clippers is playing I love so Clippers. well right now. Oh, coming in clutch. This is absolutely ridiculous. What is the shenanigans going on right now? It's. Let's see a yeah, hero jumping. Oh, what are you? Oh, oh, oh my God, God. Clippers! Let's He's go! He got it! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Thank you for listening to this episode. This has been Lions on the Mic. I'm John Newton.